I'll be uh, controlling about four front. Yeah, Jacob's admin in that one. Yeah, um, <laughs> new member of the Offset Grinder team. It's a special division. We've had to. Oh, it's a comedy show now. So... It was always meant to be a comedy show. Oh, really? Good for you, man. Ah. Hello there, Mr. President. We <laughs> have the president with us today. All All right, right, I'm back. Oh, sorry to so enjoy, but I'm having a good time. Back in business. Hello, Internet, and welcome to a very special episode two of the Offset. Whoop. I'm Hugh and College. Here I'm with Buddy Jackson. Hello and welcome to a very special episode two of The Offset. I'm Hugh and College. I'm Bailey Jackson. And we're here with a very special guest tonight. Jacob Vidal. Hello everybody. Hello Jacob. Hey Jacob. Feeling privileged. It is an honour and a privilege to have Jacob on. We approached Hugh Jackman when he was going to be on in this time slot tonight. But we had to cancel him at the last minute. When we realised that someone with Jacob's stature was actually willing to come on our humble little podcast. Thank you. No worries. Now um, what do you do Jacob? Where are you from? Tell me all about yourself. What do I do? I'm a millennial. So not much. I'm a homosexual. Top of my team. I live in Hobart. Here I am and here I've grown up. I'm on the offset, finally, after. Well, look, it's the only place to be right now. The we only really place are. to be. Oh. Now, mm-hmm. Jacob, I'm only 20 years old and I can say it was illegal to be homosexual in my hometown within my lifetime. That's cooked. But there's been a pretty quick turnaround since Tasmania repealed its anti-homosexual laws in 1997. What's it like being a gay man in Tasmania, less than 20 years into freedom? It's hard for me to come up with a, a full consensus opinion on what it is like to be a homosexual man my age in this time, mm. in this era where I live, because apart from the fact that I am gay and was born that way, I'm a white male. Preacher. I have been educated. I have never had to worry about money because of my fantastic parents. Wow. Um, how it is for me now is... You don't realise you deal with what you deal with until you look at your straight counterpart and see how life is for them mm. and how it is easier for them. Yeah. It is easier for them. Can you give like an example? I'll give you a thousand different examples, really, I mean. Not having to worry about coming out, not having to f***ing watch your back at school because you, you know, if some f***head told everyone that you were gay, someone that you thought was your friend, stuff like this, everything you deal with your entire f***ing life it's the test it's like yeah you're a second class citizen and it's easy to say no you're not when you're a first class citizen that's what people do all the time everything everything is different for you everything is harder when it comes to relationships when it comes to social situations you, you're never sure if the person that you're hanging around with at the time they find out you're gay if they're gonna blow up in your f***ing face or shut off completely and act weirded out like you've done something wrong would you say that's the general mentality or would you say that Even now, it's pathetic, honestly. I mean, you're very lucky to live somewhere like I do. But, God, even here, it's still really, really terrible for a lot of people, especially younger people. I mean, when you when you get older and you get out and you can be, you know, be around your own group of people, then it's a lot easier. But it's, it's where this is, yeah, in school. This is where it's the big problems in schools. And, you know, youth that don't have any other option don't get a preference if you're gay or or you're a lesbian or you're trans or you're bisexual you're pansexual this is why safe school programs are so important i mean you need to you know educate kids that you know come into school the reason we have schools really socialize people into 
the society that we live in and in school we really need and systems to you, you know because not, not everyone that comes to school comes from a family that has the same values yeah i mean sexuality should be covered in sex ed there's nothing scary about it what's scary is not telling a child what's happening like how they feel and that yeah it's something that has to be addressed yeah at some stage in their life and why shouldn't you be educated about it in school yeah it's better to teach them when they're a sponge as a child and they're able to absorb all this rather than as an adult where you become ignorant basically before they set their opinions in stone in a lot of cases you cannot teach an old dog new tricks i've put up with very little homophobia yeah i could only imagine what it's like for other people who experience it firsthand constantly mm. i've experienced very little homophobia i've experienced well, plenty of bullying yeah not all of it was homophobic yeah. um i can handle it a lot of people don't mm. a lot of people are dead yeah for that reason now the, right. the plebiscite whether or not to have marriage equality in australia right Marriage equality was revoked in 2004 by the Howard government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, just, just looking at it mathematically, $230 million or Plus. more. Nine million spent just on one ad campaign which had a rainbow noose about gay people dying on Australian TV. Was that really nine million dollars? Yes. Yes. Wow. I can tell you right now that there are 150 electorates in Australia and there is only one that oppose marriage equality. Wow. That is Maranoa in Queensland. It's a very rural part of Australia. That is outrageous. We are paying $230 million Plus. to reaffirm information that is so glaringly obvious and well accounted for. That is the big... Even a homophobe should be mad about the plebiscite. Come on, guys. Imagine how many skylines and slabs of Cascade drafts you could buy with $230 million. Over 62% of Australians support gay marriage and a further large percentage are indifferent. So would probably vote in support anyway. How can you claim to be a democracy and democratic when you uh, have ignored what the people clearly stand for for very many years and on the want. subject? And want. Yeah. You're not for the people at that point. With Malcolm Turnbull himself said a plebiscite was a bad idea and, and was and is fully for and in support of gay marriage in Australia. People are saying if uh, two gay people are together that will undermine your marriage or Lucy and my marriage, and it's just absurd. But now, when it's politically convenient, he decides that a plebiscite is the solution and flip-flops on the issue completely. It's a man I once had respect for, Bailey. Well, see, and that's that's the thing. Statistics tell the truth. LGBTI people have the highest rate of suicidality of any population in Australia. 20% wow. of trans Australians and 15.7% of lesbian, gay and bisexual Australians report current suicidal ideation thoughts. Mm. A UK study reported 84% of trans participants have thought about ending their lives at some point. Wow. Up to 50% of trans people have actually attempted suicide at least once in their lives. That's half of the trans population in this country have Absolutely attempted tragic. to kill themselves. Absolutely tragic. Same-sex attracted Australians have up to a 14 times higher rate of suicide than their heterosexual counterpart. That's insane. This Rates are six times higher for same-sex attracted young people. Uh, That's 20 to 42%. That's it. It's not just about the laws. It's about the mentality that those sort of laws create in a society. You can adopt kids if you want, and that just completely debunks it any does. sort of psychological it. approach. My mother said to me, I don't understand why someone would reject their child for being gay. Wouldn't you rather have your child as they are than not at all? Yeah. And that stuck with me. Also, I had a conversation with my dad and I remember him saying, wouldn't it be pretty gay of me to care what <laughs> someone else is doing with their penis. That is right. 
this is the thing I can't wrap my head around. It never occurs to me what someone else might be doing with their willy bum or vagina. Oh, not at all. It just doesn't cross my mind. It crosses my mind, but only in a positive sense. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just never felt like something I should concern myself with. And I mean, when you look at it objectively, if you think about what other guys are doing with their willies all the time, maybe you should give me a call. (laughs) Maybe, maybe you just like willies and that's okay and Jacob will be the first to tell you that's fine what is 62? 65 62% a yes and if you don't give a shit, you vote for the majority view which is marriage equality yes. so it's, it's an open and shut in case that should not cost 233 million dollars so on a brighter note Lady Gaga with a new album out today Yep. Joanne, we've all spent the day listening to it. I, I... woke up at 5am to a notification from Apple. Your, <laughs> your pre-order album, Joanne Deluxe, is now available. Cha-ching. And I immediately text Bailey, who was in the other room. I got a text from Jacob. I opened it up on Spotify. Shouts out to Spotify. Keep, you know, stealing from artists. <laughs> um, and I got to say, the album uh, exceeded my expectations. I was like a pretty decent fan of Lady Gaga, but not, uh, not saying I would listen to day to day, but it blew my mind. Just what, you should, what you should know about Lady Gaga is that she has only ever created concept albums. Her debut album, The Fame, was a concept album about fame. She had an EP, an extended play called The Fame Monster, which, you know, delved into the darker and grittier sides of becoming famous Mm -hmm. and dealing with attention from the media and other people, basically, the masses. Yeah. She then releases a, uh, you know, a follow-up album, Born This Way, concept album, Baby I Was Born This Way. Mm -hmm. After that, creates another album, art pop, concept album. You're taking pop art, the pop culture movement, from Andy Warhol and flipping it on its head, basically. Mm-hmm. But now you get to an album like Joanne. Joanne. So for those who don't know, Lady Gaga's middle name is Joanne. Her real name is Stephanie Angelina Joanne Germanotto. She's called Joanne, or Joanne is in her name, because Joanne is the name of her father's sister. Now, her father's sister died mm. at the age of 19, back in the 70s. Sorry, her father was 18. She died of an autoimmune disease. That's sad. Um... And this album is really about um, her family, where mm-hmm. she's from, and how the death of her aunt, many, many years before she was even thought about, has affected her. Yeah. And affected her family. She, she believes her father died the day her sister did. Wow. His no. sister did. Now, I really liked, I thought this album was very lyrical. There's some really nice metaphors in this album that I really enjoyed in the lyrics. She said, I might not be flawless, but I've still got a diamond heart, something to those extents. And I thought that was like very clever little metaphor there and really liked that. And she has some real gritty lines, like the first song, uh, Diamond Heart, that I was just referring to. It's this really awesome, almost pop punk style sound. And the chorus just comes in really huge with a really classic rock and roll sound with this muted build up. And I just thought it was really a great way to start the album. And she says on there, this song about being a go-go dancer, some whole broke me in. And I just thought that was so raw, like such good imagery there. Like Absolutely. I, I think that think actually that. refers to her breaking into the music industry. Some asshole broke me in. Yeah. Some 
It is actually known that Lady Gaga back in the day was sexually assaulted by yeah. one of the producers who was breaking her in. That makes it even more. It good. makes a lot more sense. Some asshole broke me in, wrecked all my innocence. I'll just keep go going. Yeah, dance. And this dance is on you. One five ten lay a million on me before the end of this. And weighing a million on it, she made millions from the fucking record. Exactly. Deal. That's crazy. That's even more crazy. I didn't even know. I just thought it was about go going, and so I thought it was crazy. Not at all. Point. The lyricism has really taken a turn towards Billy Joel. Yeah. People like that, you know, Johnny Cash, people like yeah, that. Yeah, they are. Looking at, looking at the lyricism, the, at it doesn't rhyme. Like Billy it's, Joel, Johnny Cash, as you said, Freddie Mercury, like David mm. Bowie, mm -hmm. the Beatles, the yeah. Dixie Chicks, they are all back. Filled yeah. with throwback soundtracks. Every instrumental, pretty much, was a throwback to In fact, if you listen to the track music. Hey Girl um, with Florence Welch, Florence if you listen to the bass line, it's mm. the beat from Benny and the Jets by... <laughs> By uh, Elton John. Awesome. I mean, a lot of people will probably give her a dig for that without realizing that she's actually the godmother to his fing children. Boom! Hold your tongue. Oh, yes. Hold your tongue. Elton John, Lady Gaga, tight. Yeah. Right. Moving right <laughs> along. Um, I was quite taken aback by the song Joanne, the title track. Mm. Going back to the reason she made the album in the first place, it's for a father. Yeah. She said in a, a recent interview on Edge Radio, I believe, Edge really? FM in the US, oh. that the interviewer asked her what was your father's reaction when you heard the album and and he said i don't know how you knew what i would have said if i had a chance to say goodbye wow and i didn't really i didn't think about that really until listening to the title track joanne mm. the lyrics are very very simple but very uh yeah. of that way um that take my hand stay joanne heaven's not ready for you Every part of my aching heart needs you more than the angels do. Wow. If you could, I know that you'd stay. We both know things don't work that way. I promised I wouldn't say goodbye, so I grit and my voice gets thin. <laughs> Honestly, I know where you're going, and baby, you're just moving on. And I'll still love you even if I can't see you anymore. Can't wait to see you soar. Oh, wow. And the coolest thing, I think about the conversation that she had with her dad is that if what scientists are saying is true about uh, your experience and the hormones and the chemicals in your body influencing your genome and that's passed on to mm -hmm. your children, mm -hmm. if that's true and your genome's molded by your experience, then she mm -hmm. did feel that same pain or it was passed on to her. Oh, she feels that same loss and that Something same... very, very, very similar to that. And also, I should probably know that um, her aunt Joanne passed away was actually an artist. She oh, was really? a poet, she was a writer, she wrote plays, she wrote poetry. And yeah. that's almost like it's been inherited. Uh, genetic, yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. It's such a great album. She's really updated her sound for just what me and I think the general public love to hear right now. Absolutely. Like, with the genius Mark Bronson, she just comes. Oh, with, with Mark Bronson? Yeah, she he, comes. In. Executive produce. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So she sits awesome. down with genius Mark Bronson, she bashes out the best album of, mm. her, of her career, I reckon, today. It's, it's, so, it's one of the best albums of 2016. So versatile. Early, early in my it has so much energy, but they're all so unique. And each song is a completely different genre. Yeah. And they all have their unique mm -hmm. energy. They all have. Upon the reflection of the year, I find the best albums of 2016 to have been this album as an, an early pick, mm -hmm. Adele's album. Mm -hmm. Kevin Gates album, everyone might not know about that. Isla, go get that, it's a fantastic album. And um, Ballpark Music, Every Night the Same Dream. Yeah. And Chance the Rapper's album, The Coloring Book. Chance Rapper. <laughs> yeah. Now, Bailey, you've been a little less vocal this episode than usual. Do you have any um, 
parting thoughts on the homosexuality issue there? Well, I don't know. To me, homophobia doesn't feel like a political issue. Plebiscite aside, it okay. feels like something that'll only change with social action. Politics can't be influenced by religion or emotion. There's no logical case to be made against marriage equality, and that probably has something to do with there being no logical case for marriage in the <laughs> first place. But homophobia is a social issue. It's an emotional issue, and politics doesn't seem like the heart of the issue so instead of taking it from a political angle i'm going to take it from an emotional angle with a poem if that's all right oh come over here oh brilliant let's hear it <laughs> i call it public parts why is everyone obsessed with everybody's vagin willy does that not seem kind of strange don't you feel a little silly if i got mad about what strangers did in private every day i'd be embarrassed telling anyone let alone somebody gay but folks parade about and say they got it from their book has anybody stopped to ask hey guys how creepy do we look are we sure that god hates fags or did we get the wrong idea because our crowd is thinning fast and we look kind of dumb out here now, I want you to know I'm not having a go, but I do want to make something clear, though. If it matters to you what a stranger might do with their dick, bum, or vag, you're a weirdo! No ifs, ands, or buts, all religion aside, we all know homophobes are rainbow inside, so just deal with that shit. Meditate, clear your mind, stop thinking about people's dicks and vagas all the time. Either half your Bible's missing or you're just not thinking smart. If strangers' bits were people's business, then they'd call them public parts. That was the offset. Fucking offset!